0: Welcome in to the Deep Slant Podcast, presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Well, welcome in. It's draft season. It's the Combine coming up here in just a few weeks. There's lots to get to as far as new players that are out on the horizon. Who might the Texans take with the number three overall pick? Will they even pick at number three overall? Well, this offseason, I decided to go back to a series that I did a long time ago back in 2014 when the Texans had the number one overall pick in getting to know some of the top draft prospects through the people that cover them every single day and watch them every single day throughout their college careers. I'm doing a draft prospect profile of some of our top picks. And first up, I hope to get these rolling out maybe... You know, every few days or so on the Deep Slam podcast. So the podcast will be a little bit shorter,, uh, but they'll bring you lots of great content that hopefully you can't get anywhere else and And hopefully you learn something about the draft prospect as well as, some other players to look for here in the 2022 NFL draft. So I'm looking forward to putting this series out for y'all because I'm also going to the combine here in a few weeks. And I like to just prep for the prospects. And I feel like this gives me a little bit more insight just by talking to beat reporters. I know that the way we cover the Texans, we know so much more about the players than what you read online, just because we interact with them every single day. So I like getting just a little behind the scenes knowledge of every single player and, like I mentioned, I did it back in 2014 when we had the number one overall pick, and I felt like I felt like I was smarter for it entering the draft process. I, I feel like, of course, you read the Harris 100, which I think the first iteration's out already, but that gives you a great overall view of the top 100 players. But if you want to dive deeper into any any more of these players. Um, You know, this series hopefully will help you do that. So, first up, we have got Aiden Hutchinson. He is an edge rusher, a D lineman from Michigan. And I had a chance to catch up with the beat reporter Isaiah Hole. He he covers the University of Michigan for USA Today Sports. He hosts his own podcast on Wolverines. He's a Michigan alum. And, you know, he actually covered Hutchinson not just through his college career, but also in high school. So, he covers a lot of Michigan sports. And I thought this first podcast was great. It was so. Super insightful. Isaiah just giving some stories about Hutchinson, what he's like on the field, what he's like off the field, how he might fit into Levy Smith's defense. What has gotten him prepared for the NFL? And what about those, what about those comparisons to the Watt brothers? What does he think about all those? So I've got Isaiah Hole coming up. And and you know what? If you stay tuned at the end, I also ask him about Nico Collins and Pep Hamilton. The 2022 Texans season as Pep Hamilton takes over for OC and and Nico Collins just really building on a good rookie season so that is all coming up right here on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston. Stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi Fi network and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity X Fi. Can your internet do that? All right. Without further ado, it's Isaiah Hole. He's a Michigan beat reporter and he's giving us everything we need to know about draft prospect Aiden Hutchinson. First of all, welcome in Isaiah.
1: It seems like every year there's a couple teams that I end up uh, doing, whether it's it's from an official capacity or someone just in, that covers the team that always wants to know about the Michigan prospect. So I'm excited for, a, I think it's the second straight year I've talked to someone from the Texans or covering the Texans. Uh, about Michigan prospects.
0: Yeah, we've got a direct pipeline because we've got some former coaches from Michigan that are here with the Texans. And I'll, I'm definitely going to get to to them a little bit later. But first of all, Aiden Hutchinson, he's projected to be the number one overall pick in a lot of drafts right now here in the 2022 NFL draft class. How can a guy like him step in and instantly make an impact on an NFL defense like, say, a Lovey Smith 4-3?
1: Well, I, th- I think the, the big thing for him is that he... Obviously, he's got the talent. He's got all of that. But he brings a culture perspective uh, that that's what really uh, Michigan wouldn't have been big 10 champions. Michigan wouldn't have uh, gone to the college football playoff semifinals if it wasn't for Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, He's he's the glue guy. He's the guy that gets everyone hyped, everyone fed off of him. So that I think that's the first and most important thing because you can't really put a price on that, you know, but he also had the production to go along with it. Uh, he's certainly adept in a 4-3. He played more in a 3-4 this year but uh because uh Mike McDonald came in from the Ravens before going back to the Ravens uh but uh he he brought in a 3-4 style uh defense and Aiden really thrived in that but Aiden thrived even when Don Brown was the defensive coordinator and he was playing in a 4-3. It, it just became even more glaring this uh, particular year I think mostly because he had had an injury that uh, precluded him from the field for most of 2020 and I think that he was just that hungry to go out and get it because I mean, we, we saw him in some four, three looks this year as well. Uh, he technically was an outside linebacker this year, but I uh, was, you know, obviously considered a defensive end for his entire uh, career. And I have just watched him get better and better. I've covered him going back to high school and yeah, I've known him since he was a junior or sophomore in high school and just watching him develop. And it's, it, it's, he, he's got the motor he's got the the physical tools. Uh, a lot of times people would would look at uh, at someone like him and say, well he's just gritty no he's he's just as talented it's not he's not just outworking everybody. he is outworking everybody. but he is just as physically talented as anybody out there uh, who who plays the edge rusher or defensive end position. Uh, so whoever gets him is gonna really get a complete package because he's, he's got the personal aspect he's got the, the physical tools everything you really kind of want. He's got speed. He's, he's absolutely like, he does not look like what college defensive ends look like. He is super cut, super lean, looks more kind of like a wide receiver in a lot of ways.
0: Well, the Texans had a great defensive lineman for about a decade in JJ Watt and he's drawn Hutchinson's drawn a lot of comparisons to the Watt brothers. In fact, I was asking about him last year to our sideline reporter, John Harris, and That was one of the first things he said to me. He said, if the Watt brothers had a fourth brother, it could be Aiden Hutchinson. So I'm sort of hearing this throughout draft circles now that he's drawing a lot of comparisons to those guys. Is that setting the bar too high for a guy that hasn't even played a down in the NFL yet that he's getting compared to guys that are former defensive and and current defensive players of the year?
1: I I mean, at any time, obviously, that's kind of always setting the bar too high as someone who. Watched the Detroit lions for many years before learning to eventually abstain from said practice. (laughs) Uh, you you know, it was always, you know, these number two, number three, overall picks that were always, well, it's going to be the next, this, next, this, it's always a little hard to project. Uh, but I do think that, that, that is kind of his game. He is, he does have very, you know, comparable game to that TJ Watt, I think is the one that he's most comparable to, I think he's kind of like a higher end version of him, at least coming out of college, but I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at how, you know, how a player does in college and thinking, okay, they, they certainly, if they actually are able to build upon that, then they'll be able to look a lot like this player. And I, I don't imagine that Aiden's going to have a disappointing NFL career. That would honestly shock me more than kind of anybody because he's got just so much drive, like he he won't let himself be anything but great. That's just who he is. So I I think that it's it's a fair comparison.
0: A lot of players, the big question entering the draft is how they're going to make that transition from college into the NFL, how that skill set's going to translate and and you mentioned Mike McDonald he's obviously had a lot of experience in the NFL he's back with the ravens as their defensive coordinator served as michigan's defensive coordinator last year how much does that play a role in hutchinson's ability to play in the nfl getting to play for a guy that actually coached in the nfl how much do you think that's going to really help him here uh, as a rookie
1: oh i absolutely think it'll help just for the sake of he's he's gotten used to just being you know being under a guy who's been there done that i mean he's going you know i'm sure he McDonald brought a lot of similar things in terms of terminology and and just the way that they practiced and got ready. Uh, I I think more so though the thing that's going to help Aiden more than the Mike McDonald aspect is probably just some of the competition he went up against. Uh, he, no, he didn't have like the the most flashy game against Georgia, but he was still going up against you know some probably first round draft pick tackles across the board though. Like I remember I talked to uh pro football focus every week on the podcast and they, they had said that he had single-handedly tanked Jackson Kirkland's draft stock from Washington. He was widely considered to be kind of at worst, the, the third tackle to be off the board. And, uh, he put him on skates all game. And then you look at Ohio state, they have two first round looking picks and, uh, in Dewan Jones and Nicholas petit Frere. and the you, I'm sure you've seen the highlights they were out there for months of just him just bull rushing Nicholas petit Frere and just knocking him over like he was nothing. I think going up against some of these for you know these guys that are going to be first second maybe third round uh, NFL draft picks. I think that that probably helps cuz he's already playing up against the best of the best and obviously uh, every team is gonna, you know, Wisconsin, who's known for their offensive line. They're they're throwing uh, everything they can at Aiden, not just their their tackles, but their tight ends. And uh, the, he's used to being chipped and having all the attention thrown at him. I think that's going to help probably more than the NFL connection with Mike McDonald. But when you also have to keep in mind that Jim Harbaugh has run essentially an NFL team in college since he's arrived. So we, we've often heard when players do move on. That they the terminology wise and a lot of things are relatively similar, especially the the, the workouts, just way, the way that everything is kind of scheduled. So I think that when Aiden finally does get to the NFL, it's going to be relatively similar.
0: All right. He suffered a season ending injury back in 2020, and then he really bounced back and had a great 2021 campaign. How did he overcome that adversity to sort of have the performance that he did on the field last year and really elevate his draft stock?
1: Really, it's just it's, it's, it's a personal want to, you know, it it amazes me that he, you know, he broke his ankle. It was a really gruesome injury. And uh, the fact that, you know, not even a year later, he's out there setting the Michigan single season sack record and doing things of that nature, considering, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite the same athlete, but I broke my foot once when I was about 30 years old and it took me about three years before I could run on it again and had it feel normal. He's out there doing crazy things out there. But uh, the story that Jim Harbaugh often talked about when it came to Aiden was that he, when he got into winter conditioning last year, uh, he went up to the strength staff and said, I want you to bring me out. I want you to, to every single day that I come in here, whether I feel like it or not, I want you to completely wear me out i want you to completely wear me down i want you to make me better it, that's the type of guy he is you, you know he's always been like that he was like that in high school as well so but i think the, the resolve got even more strengthened after missing uh, an entire year a year in which michigan kind of felt like it had it was going to have something going now granted in the game that he went down it was after a loss but uh I, but mixed with the, the fact that the this, this season didn't go well in 2020. He knew he was an unquestioned leader. He was a team captain. And I think that uh, a mixture of not getting to play through much of 2020, knowing that he needed to put the team on his back and wanting to kind of reverse what Michigan started to become known for, which was losses to Ohio State. Uh, I think that all of that kind of played a factor into his drive. But I, I think that even if It wasn't, I mean, that's, he's just a driven guy.
0: You've covered him for four years at Michigan. Is there a particular play or a most memorable moment that really stands out to you after watching him for all these years?
1: Oh, putting me on the spot there. Uh, (laughs) I, I mean, honestly, it's just the Ohio state game in general, uh, because, uh, as someone in the media, it seems like we almost have a rivalry media versus media, uh, from Ann Arbor to Columbus, but. Uh, I just remember reading a lot of the stuff that my colleagues down there were saying. Is they thought that Aiden was going to be rendered essentially moot by uh, what they thought was an incredible offensive line. They were saying this is like the best offensive line Ohio State's had since their 2014 national championship game, and he goes out there and has three sacks and all at very crucial moments. I mean. He, This you know, and this the that's the big rival. I mean, he didn't shy away from you know talking about it being the big rivalry, and he went into that week saying we're not scared of them, you know, we're not going to bow down to them, none of that. And then he went out there and did exactly kind of what he said, and ultimately, they Ohio State's offensive line coach got fired. I mean, they were talking a couple weeks, you know, not not even a couple weeks, a week before the game, the whole week of the game. Wow that was a strength that that was not going to be an issue that they were going to neutralize Aiden Hutchinson three sacks later, their offensive line coach is looking for a new job. I mean, that tells you a lot about his, his ability, his production.
0: All right. What about his personality? What's he like off the field? I'm going to get to see him at the combine in person, but what can you tell us about what he's like off the field?
1: Oh, he's fun. He's definitely fun to cover. Uh, doesn't shy away from saying something like he's the, he's the one like Michigan right now doesn't have a lot of big, bold personalities like it did uh, early in the Jim Harbaugh era, except for Aiden. I feel like Aiden's the guy that if we were getting him for a press conference, and media availability, you knew it was going to be a good one. You knew he was going to say, you know, he was going to speak his mind. He wasn't going to shy away from, from saying the, the sound bite, you know? as much as maybe sometimes Michigan would want him to, he still would say kind of what was on his mind. And, uh, but he's humble too. I think that's the thing. He's confident and humble. He's not necessarily being, uh, he's not being braggart or or anything like that. He's, he's not showboaty, uh, but, uh, but he's also going to let you know exactly what he thinks. So, I mean, he, he, you know, he and his entire family have just been an absolute pleasure for the last, uh, the last six, some years there, seven years or however long it's been that since I've gotten to know them back when he was a high school recruit. And he's he's just gotten kind of more outspoken over the course of time. Uh, and I remember his first press conference, he was a little bit more, more shy. And now he, certainly, you know, he's camera ready now.
0: All right. Let me ask you about the Texans, because you've got some familiarity with some of our current players and staff. Nico Collins, he's going to enter year two. And he spent three, three games on IR, but came back averaged 13 and a half yards per catch had a pretty good rookie campaign he's going to have pep hamilton as his oc who you're also familiar with was served on that michigan staff what can you tell us on on, and maybe your thoughts on what we might expect from year two from from nico and and working with pep hamilton
1: Well, i'll tell you that nico's a worker number one after he was drafted i saw him running around my neighborhood uh here in ann arbor uh so like you know you think that that's one of those things that you know that you get drafted you're gonna go somewhere nope he was still here in ann arbor working doing his thing uh so i stopped him and uh he was super excited to to get out there to houston but i think the great thing for nico is just the familiarity i mean he spent uh he spent most of his college career with pep hamilton pep hamilton started in at michigan in 2017 that was nico's freshman year and he was there uh, 17 uh 18 and uh nico was gone after uh after 19 when he had Josh Gaddis for one year, but he's got that familiarity and certainly with uh, with the way Pep runs uh, a traditional, a little bit more of a traditional pro style. At least that's what he did here in Ann Arbor. Certainly he could have changed some philosophies after being at the DC defenders and other stops and everything, but he'll treat him like, you know, the big play threat that he is and try to get the ball in his hands because the great thing about Nico and I watched it. Uh, I think the I immediately comes to mind is, it was a loss for Michigan in twenty eight, you know, 2019 against uh, Wisconsin at Wisconsin. And I, I do sideline photography for the games. And there were, there was two times in which I was standing right in line with, uh, with the ball thrown to Nico, pass interference happening, com- guy completely draped on him, somehow still comes down with the ball. And I mean, the, Nico's what, six feet away from me. And I still don't understand how he came down with the ball. He's that type of guy. He's that type of possession receiver. And, but then he's got the speed as well. So I think it's just a, uh, you know, getting healthy, getting acclimated. And, uh, and I think that he'll be honestly just an absolute stud in the NFL. And especially with Pep, cause you know, Pep's been through it. You know, he's, he's been all over the place, whether it was Stanford or Michigan or, Uh, Even when he was with the Cleveland Browns, I talked to former Ohio State uh, quarterback Terrell Pryor. Remember he had that one year in which he was a really good receiver. Uh, And uh, I, I, I wanted to get the, especially considering it was from a rival, you know, I wanted to get the perspective of like, what's, what's Michigan getting in Pep Hamilton and Terrell Pryor had nothing but amazing things to say about him and said, he saved my career. Uh, So I'm excited to see Pep get that next step. And I'm sure that he feels a little bit more well-rounded having, you know, having been, uh, you know, going through the paces from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator in college, offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach in the NFL and, uh, you know, analyst positions and, you know, and also XFL head coach. So all of that perspective is really going to help him out uh, here this next year.
0: All right. Well, you got me pumped for the Texans 2022 season and I'm pumped about this draft. Um, Isaiah, He's the host of On Wolverines podcast. You can follow him at, at Isaiah Hole. Isaiah, just such a pleasure. I know there's a lot of Michigan prospects coming up, so we'll be looking forward to your work as this draft process continues. Thanks so much for the time.
1: No problem. I got to mention one more name because this is one that also could fall to the Texans, and I forgot yes, to mention David do. Ajabo. David Ajabo, the outside linebacker, he was Aiden's uh, partner in crime. Getting in the backfield, tied what would have been a Michigan single season record last year. Uh, so, uh, he's got all kinds of, uh, talent and ability. Then I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a guy that could end up at the Texans as well.
0: Great stuff from Isaiah Hole. I didn't even ask him about Ben McDaniels, who's also comes from that Michigan coaching tree and is on the Texan staff right now. He'll be the wide receivers coach and he'll be the passing game coordinator under Pep Hamilton. So super excited about those changes here as we get underway in the Levy Smith era. But how about those extra picks to look for coming out of Michigan? I like. I think I'm going to start adding that into all my questions. I like knowing what other players to look for because even if the Texans don't take Aiden Hutchinson, they may take someone else from Michigan. So just getting some more insight on some of these players is always... Always, always a good thing. So thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for this podcast. Coming up next, I'll have a beat reporter talking about Kayvon Thibodeau. In the next few days, we'll also have Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton and an Alabama tackle who is the best in the draft, according to many. Evan Neal will get insight on all those guys, so stay tuned to the Deep Slant podcast. We'll be rolling those out here in the next few weeks as we lead up to the NFL Combine, to the NFL Draft. And if there's someone that covers a team that you love and you want me to interview that person, mm-hmm. hey, just tweet at me, at Deep I'm more than happy to hear any suggestions because I follow some of these, these guys. Some of these guys I don't follow just sort of read their work, and I like them, and I decide to interview them. But if there's someone that you want me to interview, let me know, and I'll try to get them on the podcast as well. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Deep Slant Podcast Draft Prospect Series. Stay tuned for more where that came from. You can also check out HoustonTexans.com. I've got the story version uh, up there as well. And you can check out the Harris 100 if you want to see more than just the top prospects. You want to see the top 100 prospects. Harris 100 has got you covered. All right, thanks so much for listening to the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. And as always, go Texans.